My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, art, fashion, and culture. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy creating it. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is episode 22 of the Beyond the Garment podcast. Can you believe it's been 22 weeks in a row of podcast episodes, man, oh, man. Well, this episode is going to be a great one. We have Jordan Johnson on the podcast today. Jordan and I actually went to the exact same high school. We were there at the same time, but I didn't know him, (laughs) which is crazy to believe. Um, But Jordan currently works at New Balance. And if you know me, I love New Balance. New Balance is obviously, you know, one of the hottest brands in terms of footwear um, in, in fashion and in the culture right now. And we're super excited to have Jordan talk about his role a little bit and just get to know him a little bit more. But before we get into all that, Jordan, what's up, man? How are you doing today, man? Bro, what's good, man? I can't believe the Grandview High School. It's unbelievable. Aurora, Colorado, born and raised. Um, it's funny. We do, we, we connected. I think we connected on Instagram through the ALD pick. I think I saw your pick on, uh, like the explore page or something. Yeah. And I was like, you don't see many, first of all, you don't see many black people wearing new balance so when i do see it it's almost like it always catches my eye right so I'm right like, i'm like oh who's this dude who's this dude and then, uh, <laughs> i end up inboxing you i saw denver colorado in the bio and then so we just kind of started talking back and forth and one thing led to another ended up going to the same high school but you know how that can be you know, i was two years older so exactly I don't know, we didn't really cross paths but uh yeah it's just crazy bro. the world is so small the world is so small it really is um, it really thought, is yeah i just want to thank you for having me on bro i appreciate uh Appreciate this. I didn't know. I didn't know. Twenty-two weeks strong. I gotta go back and uh, listen to all the episodes. I'm excited. This we, is dope. we got we got a couple in the chamber. You know what I mean? We got a couple in there. Where? 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 But yeah, man. And and for those who don't know, Grandview is like a it's like a three thousand kid school. Okay, it's not like a little small little high school. I mean, it's you know it's not unlikely for people not to cross paths because of the the, the like some colleges are that big. You know what I'm saying? So um, just to give that that preference or reverence to the Grandview. But anyways, let's let's jump into the episode, man. Let's start off with the first question, which, you know, just lets the people know a little bit more about you, which is, you know, what is your background? Where are you from? And, and, and how would you describe your childhood, Jordan? Man, so uh, again, I'm from I'm from uh, Denver, Colorado. I was born and raised in Denver, uh, more specifically Montbello um, was my first home and ended up moving to Green Valley. Um, around the age of two, so I don't really remember my Montbello, my Montbello years. Um, and then I lived in Green Valley up until about seven years old, um, and then ended up moving to Aurora from uh, seven all the way up until college. So, um, you know, for me, being raised in, in Denver is definitely, uh, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different in the way, uh, you know, kind of, kind of people are transplanted. Especially, you know, black folks coming from Denver. Yeah. Most of our ancestors are from, you know, grandparents and stuff are from uh, the South or from yep. the West Coast. I know a lot of people are from L.A. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people say we have, like, L.A. accents. A lot of people think we sound like we're from California. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, my hat, I had I had family on the West Coast in California. I had family from uh, Louisiana and Texas. So to this day, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I know we trash, but <laughs> Cowboys and Raiders. What about them Cowboys? <laughs> sorry, bro. They sorry. They really yeah, are. My whole life, I've been, I've been, I've been struggling my whole life. Twenty years, <laughs> twenty five years now. 
Um, but a Raiders fan too. So Raiders is doing all right this year. Yeah, so, facts. You know, I ain't really got no. I ain't got no real hope. But um, <laughs> so yeah, man. So, you know, my 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 values very very much southern driven. So um, yes, sir, no, ma'am. Um, very very. I don't don't want to put this on myself, but you know, kids would always tell my parents growing up, "Oh, your kids are so mannerable." Um, you know, I mean, my dad always made sure we dressed the part. Um, right. So all of our outfits were on point. We had all the shoes and. Um, that's one thing that I can say, you know, kind of led me to this point now. My dad was always into, um, sneakers and footwear and, uh, yeah. and clothes and shoes. And it's kind of crazy because, um, you know, I'm named Jordan. I'm named after Michael. Mike, so, man. Um, yep. Everything. Yeah. So everything that kind of, I grew up in the sports and then also into, um, you know, Nike, Jordan. So I always had a passion and love for it just like as a result of me, of me growing up in it. And, um, Funny story, my dad actually uh, wrote the song, helped along with one of his um, homeboys, wrote the song Be Like Mike. So he actually worked on that whole Gatorade no campaign way. and did that song for Nike um, back in the, back in the 93. So, Dang. you know, that, that type of, that type of experience and that connection to the brand, um, it's just even more validation for, you know, where my family comes from and also just the, the influence that, you know, Michael Jordan and Nike alone has had on my life um and it just Definitely. again it just it just lined me, lined me up to be to be interested in this type of stuff and and for my passion to fall in line with um basketball and uh and sports and shoes and, and, and everything so right right and so your you say so your dad worked on that campaign that's incredible what what was his role do you do you know or is it um yeah, so actually, uh, you know, I don't really know the full details. I know that him, <laughs> right. him and uh, another producer um, were approached by, by Gatorade um, and Nike to help them create the song. I believe they have the song, like, with the hook already. With, to find our thing, <laughs> he's real. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yep. they just felt like the beat. It wasn't, you know, quote, unquote, especially at this time, it wasn't urban enough. So they're like, how can we connect to the urban consumer? A little right. more, we feel like this song isn't really, you know, jamming in terms of what the kids, the young black kids. Right, right, right. And so my dad, um, at the time, he's always been in the music heavy too. He's dance. My dad does everything. He's a dance. Um, he was a DJ. And so, um, he has a really great ear for music. Now he runs his own independent music label, um, wow. out of Denver. But, um, so, so he helped along with the producer, like, trying to create the beat. Um, the hip hop version of that song, and so that's what they used in all the marketing campaigns and the ads. That's incredible, and stuff like that. And um, he actually got to meet Mike when he came to play the Nuggets um, wow. back in the '90s, and they got a picture together in his basement. I always, that's <laughs> I always crazy. Mike's eyes were closed when he uh, when he took the picture. So, <laughs> it's a funny picture. Like, you couldn't get a better picture than that. But, uh, <laughs> Mike, when he came out to the bus, he was like. I'm only taking a picture with this one guy because he did the song. I'm not taking a picture with nobody else. <laughs> so Mike was kind of in and out. You know, that was, sure. that was the height of his, you know, that was the height of Mike. That was after the first championship. Yeah. Um, in 92, you know, he's wearing the, the sixes and the sevens. So that was like right at the hype of Michael's hysteria. So um, it was a crazy time. And, you know, my dad got to say that he was a part of that. So something that's awesome. never forget. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, that kind of is awesome. That's an awesome pedigree to have, you know, in your family. And now you get a, you have an opportunity to work at New Balance and try to do some of those kind of same special things. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about your role at New Balance, man. How did you first get involved with New Balance? And, and kind of what do you, obviously, it's a, it's a new role for you, but what do you plan to kind of do at New Balance? What do they have you doing there? 
Right. So um, it's kind of like my life story as well when I need this explanation. So, um, you know, when I was younger, I loved sports. Growing up, I loved sports. I, I thought I was going to be a professional, you know, whatever. Most kids do. Right. Um, basketball player, football player. I love football. my first love. Um, I love basketball too, but you know, as I got older, I stopped growing. So I'm only like five seven now, and uh, I had to make a decision, man. And then, I, you know, my, like I said, my dad was in a bunch of different things. So right around the age of twelve, um, right when I kind of stopped growing, I was playing sports, but then I kind of realized it was about to fizzle out. I got into music really heavy, um, so I was a rapper for all the way up until really the end of college. So I just kind of. Not quit rapping, but I took a break on it because I never really say I'm done because it's not a physical activity, it's a mental thing. So right, you never right. Know, I can come out the booth anytime. But uh, right, right. right. Uh, I, I rap, I rap for a little bit, um, and then in the meantime, I always had a, a passion for art and drawing. So um, when I was younger, like you know, my free time, I was a busy kid. I was always at practice, or um, if I wasn't practicing, I was rapping and, and rehearsing for shows. My dad would have me rehearsing almost every day. Um, you know, it's almost like a, it's like, you know, anything you want to be good at, you got to practice. That's and, um, that's kind of how we approach everything in life. So in my free time, you know, if I wasn't playing video games, I would be drawing and drawing was something I really loved to do. Mostly just graphite on paper. Yeah. Um, just really simple, um, drawings. My dad, again, most of my influences come from him. Almost like a carbon copy. Uh, <laughs> but he got a scholarship at art, um, scholarship for college to be a, a fine artist. So he, I'll have to show you his drawing someday. For but he was sure. like a hyper-realist. So he would draw like um, portraits of people and they would look almost like it was like, you know, it was like you take a jump off the paper. It was so real. Man. And so as a kid, I was trying to like, you know, copy that and try to draw people and stuff like that. But at a certain point, I'm like, oh, this is so, this is so hard to do. Like, especially as a young kid, you don't really understand spatial awareness. Yeah. Shading yeah. and that type of stuff. All that takes so much practice. Yeah, it does. And so at a certain point, I kind of like gave up on that. I'm like, man, it's going to take so long for me to be good at drawing people. <laughs> right. I was like, what can I do that my dad can't do? Like, what can I draw that my dad doesn't really know how to draw? And so at first it was cars. And I was like trying to draw cars. And that's another discipline that takes, you know, a long time to do. Yep. And yep. then, you know, at a, at a certain point, I was already into shoes. My dad would buy me shoes all the time, you know, especially for Christmas and stuff. I was blessed again. Absolutely. My parents, my dad, my parents, my mom, my dad, um, always, you know, bought me new Jordans and stuff like that. So again, I was blessed in that, in that aspect. And when I got them, I would take them out the box. Um, a lot of times, like I know, I heard Virgil tell a story before. Um, I get a new pair of shoes or pair of Jordans and I would, first thing I do is unlace them all. Like any shoes now, even to this day, like yeah. any new balance I get. I unlace them, um, put the laces in again, and then I, I lace them the way I want to wear them. But then the next thing I do, like, I'll sleep with the shoes in the bed. Like, oh. not in the bed, I'll, I'll sleep with them, like, on the edge of the bed right. or whatever, just so I can wake up and remember I got a new pair of shoes. So, like, <laughs> that's just what uh. I say. Like, people, like, if, you, if your passion doesn't go that deep for anything in life, whether it's sports, reading, whatever you love, you gotta have you love, love for it. To that extent, yeah. they try to find something else that you do love. That for sure, for sure. Whatever you can't stop thinking about and whatever, that that's what's gonna drive you to anything that you wanna do with pursuing life. Definitely. So, um, so that's what I would do even as a young kid is I would be like, I would fall in love with my shoes um, from that young age and so that led to me um, just being born and again, I was combining that love for shoes with drawing and I said, you know what I can do? that my dad can't do, I can start to draw these shoes at still life. So yeah. that's what I was doing at age 11, 10 years old. I would just put the shoe up on my little countertop 
and like at eye level and then I would just draw it to the best of my ability and like recreate it the best of my ability and then that led to me googling Jordans and this is like before social media so I would just google Air Jordan 3 and then if it was a colorway that I like and most of them were fake it's funny all my favorite colorways the shoe was fake I didn't know because at the time all I had was a retro card you know, in the back of the retro card, all the all the colors that you see from one to fourteen or whatever it was at the time, that's all I thought existed. Yep. And so then I'm looking online and see like these black and yellow threes from China that are super fake. And I'm like <laughs> turning them off and I'm like, these are hard just because the colors dope. So I would just like color them up in those colorways. Yep. From that time I didn't really know I was like falling in love with colorways that, you know, didn't exist but I thought that were dope and I catch it. So Man. that's what I ended up doing, drawing them and then um from there, um, it's funny because everything goes right to my dad. Um, my dad was a DJ at a, at a uh, it was like a part-time gig. He was a DJ um, for Nike Town. I don't know if you remember the Nike Town we had downtown. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. yep. Yeah, I definitely Street. remember. Yep. I remember. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, back when that Nike Town was still there, they had uh, the release for the Mellow 1.5 because Mellow's on the Mega Sin. Yeah. Um, the 1.5 was coming out and um, they did a big release uh, at the at the Nike Town. It was like a nighttime party. They used to like the nighttime parties. Nike was cold with the with the activation. They, they were really cold. were, yeah. Um, but my dad was DJing the party and um, the designer had came out kind of just to be interacting with the people that were there and kind of just talk about it because it was like a big deal for Mello, his first signature. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted people to be able to talk to the designer and stuff, you know, how it came about. And uh, my dad loves talking to people. And he's never shy to speak. And um, he's never shy to, you know, speak up. And, he, and one thing he always taught me is closed mouths don't get fed. So, yep, that's so I kind of live my life by that as well. So anything I want to know about or curious about, just ask. And just go see what's up. Just go talk to people. Establish relationships with, with the worst that can happen. That's how I found out about you know, me and you, that's why I'm here now. So, exactly, um, exactly. You know, if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't speak up or, or talk to people, you never know what's possible. Um, and then the relationship you can build from that. So um, so he ended up uh, going to talk to him, and he's like, yo, you know, talking about the shoes. Of course, he's talking to the guy at the time. We didn't know now, but his name is Dwayne Edwards. You might know Dwayne Edwards. Um, he started, I'll, I'll get into who he is later, but, you know, my dad was talking, you know, I, I collect Jordans. You know, I've been collecting them for you know, 20 years. My dad started collecting with the Jordan 1 in 85. So Man, that's he's crazy. He's always been a huge Jordan fan, but at the time, you know, when the 1s and the 2s and 3s were coming out, everyone was telling them, oh, this sneaker thing's a fad. You know, no one's going to be... Right, right. They thought it was like Cabbage, they thought it was like cabbage Patch Dolls. Like, yeah. For real, they thought, you know, it's here today, gone tomorrow, no one's really going to... No one's going to... It's just shoes. You know, yeah. there's nothing that's going to come at it. But look at it today. But um, my dad had the foresight to, you know, he said, no, this is going to be bigger than that. But anyway, he's telling Dwayne about, you know, his collecting. And um, also told him about the, you know, be like Mike. But then one thing led to another, and he started talking about me. And he said, you know, my son, he, he, whenever I buy him a new pair of shoes, he just goes home and just draws them. And, you know, just for fun. And he was just telling, you know, my dad's just a talker. Right, and right. And all of a sudden, you know, Dwayne kind of cut him off. He was like, oh, really? He's like, you know, he could make a career out of that if he wanted to. And at the time, I don't know, like, especially that young. And I think also at the time, what is it, like 2000, I think 2005, around in 2006. No one really knew, like, there's footwear designers, but you almost think of it as, like, an engineer or, right. like, a, something that's, like, not obtainable or, like, you don't, you don't really know how shoes are made. You don't really think about right, it. Right, like, right, right. It's, like it's, like, a revelation. It's, like, oh, wait, people actually design these things. And so he told, he told me or he told my dad, you know, your son can make a career out of this. And so he's, like, oh, really? So one thing led to another. My dad came home the next day, um, told me about it. He said, would you be interested in 
And then he said, if you are, you know, Dwayne gave me his address, um, uh, his work address. And he said, send, he told me to send him some of your drawings and uh, he can critique them and, you know, kind of guide you and kind of teach you wow. if you're interested. And I said, am I interested? Yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> I can't wait to send him my stuff. And, Absolutely. Um, the good thing about Dwayne, the good thing about Dwayne is he's super critical, but to a good, like, in a good way. A lot right, of people can right. take his criticism, but he tell, he's telling you what you need to hear. He may not deliver it how you want to hear it. But you need to hear but it. There's no sugarcoating. There's yeah. no sugarcoating to it. And that's, a lot of people value that. A lot of people can't take that because a lot of people are very sensitive. But right. to me, it was the perfect, that's how my dad is with me. And I think, you know, growing up in a black household, it's similar with our parents, you know. Yeah, just. Kind of no, no, no nonsense sort of, sort of policy. So exactly. It's kind of what we're used to. And, um, you know, I sent my drawings in and then he sent them back. I remember, I never forget that we still have the envelope. I still have the original envelope at home. That he sent to me in the Jordan, um, it's like a Jordan brand envelope that they had at the office. And he sent it to me, he had a little logo on it, that one Bowerman Drive, and it's a Dwayne Network, it was crazy, I was like flipping out. That's and I was like, yo, crazy. he sent me that back. What he did is he sent me back the Jordan 1.5, Mellow 1.5, um, line art. So like the, the, the drawing that he did, the finished right, rendering. Right, right. And, um, he said, what I want you to do is, because my proportions were messed up, anyone that draws shoes for the first time, Look at it, it doesn't look like a shoe. Most yeah. times it's going to look like a potato. Because drawing <laughs> yeah. a shoe is one of the hardest things shape-wise to get right. you got to right. practice it over and over again. Like, yeah. Take practice. So he said, take this outline, or take this shoe, outline it, and then draw all your shoes in this outline. And then he said, keep doing that. He said, every shoe you draw, before you draw it, draw this outline and draw it inside this box. So I kept doing that. And then the more I outlined that outline over time, yeah. I didn't need to, I didn't need to trace it anymore. You just it got it. Muscle memory. Yeah. And so, uh, one thing about Dwayne, once you learn into him and listen, I mean, and, and learn to his philosophy, he's a big Bruce Lee, um, advocate, loves Bruce Lee. And so Bruce Lee, one of his famous quotes, I think is, uh, you, uh, he said, I fear the man that practices one kick a thousand times. Well, no, one kick 10,000 times. Right. And I fear the man that practices 10,000 kicks once. Yeah, I love that. Because, I love that. I love because that. Because he masters something. Anyone that masters something is more dangerous than someone that has, touched everything once but not mastered anything you yeah. don't you don't you don't master nothing so again that's how you practice everything everything is about practice and so from there uh we went back and forth for i would send them drawings when we, we did that for about a year um a year or two um and then i remember in 2010 um Dwayne was the at this time Dwayne was the the director of uh footwear at jordan brand so he was doing all the mellows he did the jordan 22 he did the jordan 21 um, and at this time, he was like starting to, you know, Jordan was, uh, was really big, but they had a really small team. So like, you wouldn't think this, like as a consumer on the outside looking in, you would think the biggest footwear brand has a huge team. team. Yeah. But they had a really small integrated team, a very diverse team, which I got a yay, um, uh, Dwayne on that because there's a lot of black and brown people, a lot of women. So his team was very diverse and very different in thought, which is great for any creative business. You got to have different. Uh, thinking people we can't have like-minded people exactly otherwise you're going to keep creating the same product so he was there for a little bit and then uh or for that many years and then he ended up you know having a change of heart he wanted to he wanted to get into teaching which is basically what he was doing with me mentoring and teaching and and and, and helping kids reach that dream that yeah. they didn't realize existed yeah and so um he started this uh this program with uh conjunction with the university of oregon because you know um, that's where Nike is. That's where Nike started. So yep. They yep. work together to uh, create a three-week intensive course called 
called Pencil Design Academy. And what it was is just like a three-week um, intensive course where you get to learn the ins and outs of designing a footwear from, or design, designing a shoe from beginning to end. So from sketches to development to colorways to packaging all the way to POP, point of purchase. And so that was his idea, is just to bring kids from all over the world. It's about, we had like about 25 each class, um, 25 kids from around the world to come and learn in this experience and create some stuff. And um, so 2010 was the first class. And, you know, he asked my dad if I would be down to, to do it. Um, and of course, of course I was down to do it. But the That's thing awesome. is, had it been during the school year, because my mom is so focused on academics, had it been during the school year, I probably wouldn't have did it. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you got to take a risk, but thank God it was in the summer. So Definitely. it was in the summertime. We went out there um, to, to, to Oregon, met all these different kids. How old now, How old were you, Jordan? Do you, do you remember? Would, yeah, at that at that age, I believe I was 12. 12, and so my almost. my dad ended up coming with me because I needed a chaperone. Yeah, yeah. So it was just my dad and me, and then um, there was another kid that was the same age as me. His name is Jacob Rochester. I don't know if you know him, but um, he's this famous artist. Not famous now. He, he's famous to me. But um, I'll send you his Instagram Rochester. after this. He's one of my biggest artistic influences. I met him at the, at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm actually wearing one of his shirts now. Super talented kid. Um, if you look at that class in 2010 and you just point everybody that's in the industry or has their own business now, it's insane. Like, wow. Dwayne's hit rate for, for pencil kids to in the industry is, is incredible. Now he has like this map in the brick and mortar school console downtown where all all over the world all the kids that are working at a um footwear brand so um yeah so that first class was was probably the best experience of my life um and uh but right before that right before that class my dad and i actually flew out to oregon and got to see um the nike campus and that was i mean that was like literally that's what changed my mind i was like oh my god i changed my mind but that's when i knew i wanted to do this right right like disneyland like disneyland for speakers Dang, I lost crazy. my mind. So I, I couldn't believe I was like, yeah, I know this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is right this right here. So um so again, so then like, I'm speeding up. We went to um we went to that class for, for that first three weeks. Um and then uh basically why why I bring up that class is because I did it I did it for another four times. Um but through the course of four different years. Right. So I did it once again that next year in twenty eleven. And I was doing it for Converse. I did a basketball shoot for J.J. Beret at the time. The Mavericks had just won that, that championship. Yep, I um, remember. They beat LeBron and them in the heat. Yep. yep. So J.J. Beret was a big um, part of that team. And mm-hmm. uh, he was sponsored by Converse at the time. And um, the, the brief was just to create a basketball shoot for J.J. Beret. And we presented in front of all the Nike employees. And um, I ended up winning the Converse division. And I ended up getting my first laptop through that Man, class. that's incredible. And, uh, Cintiq tablet that my we still have at home. I still draw them when I go home. Wow! So those are like those those two gifts like blessed me with the tools to to get everything started and and it was really just like I said a blessing that to win that contest and Nike just supplied that it was unbelievable. Hey Jordan, uh, quick question on that. Uh, yep. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. I just this is a really curious question, and there's I mean there's so much I wish I could unpack, but just <laughs> kind of random um, with the Cintiq tablet. Is that is that pretty much industry standard for what you typically use to create, you know, or or to prototype different sketches for footwear, or do people use other type of tablets too, or is it just what people are familiar with, or is Cintiq really industry standard in that aspect? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it's funny because at the time, it was a lot. It was like, this is like the cusp of going into digital. So basically, basically what it is is a big iPad that you can draw. Right, right. I know now, what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Such a, it's such a synonymous technology now. But before that, everyone was still doing sketches and you would have to render with marker and, um, you know, really have great artistic skills as a designer to yeah. really like draw shadows and everything like that. Right. Or designers would sketch stuff and then pass it off to a renderer, someone that knew um, Photoshop and that type of stuff. Interesting, interesting. But now, you know, a lot of designers go straight into that Cintiq tablet. And the tablet is like, again, just basically a big iPad. So there's different brands, there's Cintiq, there's, um, I think HP makes some now. Um, But it's basically just like a big drawing tablet that you can draw on like a big screen that you can have a digital touch. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was just that's just my curiosity, man. Because obviously, with our brand, we do things a little bit differently. And I was just curious to know, you know, if industry standard. But you were talking about JJ Beret. You were talking about having to design a sneaker for him. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries, no worries. So yeah, so again, that was my second class with him. So third class was a, a class that they did with FM Platform, which is Footwear News. Um, platform, um, and we did it in Vegas at the Magic Trade Show. And this was, I think this was right when I started, no, right before I went to college. And so this was like one of my biggest learning lessons because all the way up to this point, again, you can see like 2010, there was no contest involved. It was just like a learning experience. 2011, I won. And so I was on a high, obviously. And this next class, I'll never forget it because it was the first time I really lost in anything in life. Like, of course, there's sports and stuff. I had my games where I lost, but for the most part, we were playing in we were playing in the championship game every year. Like even football, like Christian McCaffrey from Denver, we played against his little league team right. every year in the Super Bowl. Right, and right. We would win, we would win one, and then we, they would lose two to him. But at least we were competing for like you know Chips. supremacy. So yeah, yeah. my whole life, I didn't really know what failure was like until I got to that 2013 class and I lost, um, and it was like sustainable. Um, the brief was about sustainability and it was like, it just also taught me how to really focus on the brief and focus on the app. Don't design for yourself, but just focus on what you're making for the consumer. Yeah. And so I didn't address the brief properly and it, and it bit me in the butt. And so, um, I just remember, I'll never remember, I'll never forget that feeling because that's what drove me to keep going and to, and to get better and to be more focused and, because if you win too much, you become relaxed and you get comfortable. Absolutely. And so that uh, really, really helped me reset. Um, and so I was the third class. Fourth class was an ASICS class, um, in which I was in college at the time. But I, I ended up doing this class in um, in the summertime, and it was actually to fulfill a uh, an internship credit because you know I went to CU Boulder. And um, did you I, really? I was majoring in that. Oh, sorry. No, I, I didn't know you went to CU. I, I was just saying, did you really? Yep. Yep, yep, went to you, um, and I majored in advertising, and my thinking behind that was like, oh, why didn't you go to school for design? Um, and I'm so glad I didn't at, the, at this point now, too, because I, I understood how valuable Pencil was to me, yeah. and how, how valuable Dwayne's knowledge of design was, that I knew if I took enough of those classes, that would literally almost be like an industrial design degree, right. because of how knowledgeable he is, and how and, and it's almost, you learn more in that class than you do in school because right. he teaches you how to be a professional. They teach you how to be a student. So exactly. I was learning all the design stuff I needed in pencil. And I was like, I need to parlay this with not just doubling up on a design and going to school for industrial design because you'll see a lot of designers go to school for industrial design. 
and then it becomes harder for them to find a job in the marketplace because they all have the same background. I said, if I need to go learn the marketing side of footwear because I want to be the most well-rounded creative I can be. Exactly. So I said, I, I want to go learn the marketing side of it and how to sell to the consumer and learn consumer habits and things like that. So I thought advertising was the best way for me to do that. Also, if I'm being real, Drew, I just wanted I wanted to get out the house. If I ended up going to, if I ended up doing ID, um, Metro, you know, Metro downtown, yeah. that was the only school that had um, industrial design. Industrial design, yeah. And so yeah. I would have to be commuting from home Yeah, because there's no day. Court. And I remember my mom, I was, I was about to be content with it. I'm one of those people that I don't really fight stuff and I'm really comfortable in making easy decisions. Yeah. And so I remember my mom, she was like, you know, Jordan, because she went to see you, um, Boulder, um, too. So she was like, you know, Jordan, um, you know, me being in college is one of the best experiences of my life. Definitely. And, you know, just being on the campus and, and that whole experience is one of the best experiences of your life. I don't know. She's like, just think about it. Do you really want to miss out on this opportunity and live home and, and miss out on it? Or do you want to go experience something different? So that talk really, you know, changed my mind and said, you know, I do want to go somewhere on the campus. So that's what led me to look into you know, what, what CU offered. And I thought advertising was perfect for me yeah. um, to learn that second, that second part of the business. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, and then that third class, like I said, or the fourth class, like I said, it was uh, the A6 class. And that's when I did brand design for the first time. My role wasn't a designer. It was a brand designer. Yep. And so that I got to learn a lot about working with other personalities and uh, managing um, the design designers and managing the, the color, color designers and everything. So, and also managing people that were older than me. Because I'm always the youngest. Every class, I'm the youngest in the pencil class. <laughs> um, so I was always the youngest, and I had to be talking to people older than me, but I had to be the leader of them in that class. So yeah. it was tough. I'm trying to learn those dynamics, and now it's so – everything happens for a reason. Now I'm doing that now in my job now. So um, there's a lot of experience I gained from there. And so now that led me all the way up. I know it took me forever to get here. It led me <laughs> all the way up to my fifth and final class. And that was the, the New Balance class. And so, again, it was a New Balance and Pencil class. And um, right before this, I ended up, uh, as soon as I graduated, I ended up interning at a, uh, a digital media optimization agency in Boulder for mm. three months. Um, ended up something that was really cool to learn about. You know, they kind of look at SEO data and stuff like that. And right, right. Help companies put their ads online and track them through Instagram, Facebook. And they kind of tell them what they should do different, where they should put their ads, what time they should be doing them. And right. they track them and they just give you the best analytics for running your ads online. And, um, and, you know, it was cool to learn about, but I knew it wasn't for me. So after that time was up, I didn't have any job. I actually just left that internship. I probably would have got a, um, I probably would have got a full-time offer if I stayed, but right. I knew it was where I, I, I didn't want to be there. And so I ended up going home and, was jobless for six months and didn't know what um, I was going to do. Definitely the darkest point in my life for sure because yeah. I didn't really know where I was going to go. I just know I wanted to get back into a creative field. Definitely. And that creative field was design. I said, how can I get to a, a, full, a sneaker industry or a sneaker company? Like, I just want to be there because I know once I get my foot in the door, this is where I need to be. And it all went back to that first visit to Nike. And I'm like, this is... This industry is what I need to be involved in. This is what I love. This is what gets me up in the morning. And so, um, thankfully, having those connections, sorry, you're going to hear uh, <laughs> man card, I'm in the city. 
No, it's it's good. It's good. But thankfully, you know, thankfully knowing uh, Dwayne and having the, the the great relationship we had, um, you know, I was able to reach out to him and say, you know, what what can we do? My dad actually, you know, reached out to him. And it was a great thing. My dad keeps all the connections, and of course, we know Dwayne really well. But you know, they were the original with the original relationship between dad, my dad and Dwayne. So he said, you know, what do we need to do to get Jordan into the industry? Like, you know, how can we, how can we figure out something? And so Dwayne, you know, he was like, you know, well, there's a class coming up in February with um, New Balance. Um, he's like, if you want, I can uh, see what we can do about getting him in that class. So, of course, you know, New Balance, if no one knows, I mean, New Balance, Pencil, no one knows how it works. You got to apply um, with the submission um, and hopefully your submission will get picked. Um, to be a part of this class, a very select group, mostly over, you know, two to three thousand kids apply to each class, and um, in hopes to be become part of it. Now that's how it is. At the time, you know, before this pencil, the first couple classes, you know, it's grown every year. Now right. it's one of the biggest, biggest programs you can be a part of. So right, right. now it's like super competitive. Um, but you know, thankfully I was able to be selected for that New Balance class, and. Uh, we were out there for three weeks, same deal. You know, you go out there for a three-week intensive course. And this time, you know, but all the times before, I was just kind of learning, sitting back. I wasn't really looking for a job. You know, you kind of, you approach stuff differently when you when you, when you you need something versus when you just... That hunger. Learn. And so while I always approach every day like I'm there to learn, I treat it every day like it was an interview. That's yeah. something I got from my mom. I treat every day like it's an interview. I do the same, you know, at my job today. So uh, for those three weeks, I was out there, you know, um, putting on my best smile. Um, you know, we work late hours. You know, the pencil class is not for the faint of heart. Like, you'll be up till three or four a.m. every night, um, just working with your with your group and trying to figure out stuff. And Dwayne will throw a wrench in there. You might have a story all laid out for your product, and then if you have a hole in it, he'll say that's too big of a hole. Start over. Complete different concept, and it'll be two days, three days behind everyone else. And then Damn. you gotta make up that time within the end of the week and you got all these deadlines so it's like it's like the real world you know yeah and there's a deadline there's a deadline there ain't no there's no hand holding there's no spoon feeding yeah and so a lot of people can't take it i remember a lot of my classes a lot of people ended up going home early they couldn't take it like a reality show like for real and if you don't have the passion for it it'll show and so i never really had that problem i love working late hours i love i love i loved it so there was never a problem for me so that three weeks was up um, they did like little awards at the end. You know, we presented in front of the whole New Balance um, uh, company, and then they uh, give out the awards. You know, first place designer goes to, second place, third place. I didn't win any of the places placements for best designer or nothing. So I just assumed that you know, I, I learned how to take rejection in the past. With the, when the last time I lost, I was like, ah, you know, it was great, it was great experience, but um, you know, back to square one. I got to figure out something else. Yeah. Um, but thankfully. A couple of weeks later, they were getting their internship group together because the prize not wasn't wasn't the first, second, third place. It was the um, who's going to come back for an intern apprenticeship. Yeah, and so thankfully, you know, thank God, I got an email like a couple of weeks later and saying, you know, we really loved your attitude. We loved um, basically it was, it was your attitude and your positivity. Wow, and we would love to have that at our company and that sort of energy and that sort of love and passion that we saw you for with footwear and also my presentation skills they thought were great. Those things we would love to parlay that into um, an apprenticeship if you'd be interested. That's awesome. And so of course I was like, yeah, oh great, of course. It was a year, it was a year long paid apprenticeship. 
Because a lot of internships and friendships are, you know, you go out there for free. I would have did it for free, obviously. But, you know, the fact that it was paid was a blessing. So I was out there and um, we have two offices now. So now I'm in the Brighton office, um, which is in closer to Boston. Um, but the other office is in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which yeah. is uh, closer to the New Hampshire side. So that's where the performance and innovation type stuff is. So I was a color designer <clears throat> under this lady named Becky Field. She works in Hoka now in California. But I was working under her on the performance product. Um, I was in charge of sandals. Um, I don't know which part of the question. You might be asking me this next. But no, it's I was good. in charge of sandals. Um, and so also did um, this project called the Test Run uh, 2.0. Um, it was like an intern, intern-led project. So the other interns that got called back to, we all got to submit our design for the shoe. Um, and then uh, this one girl named Adara Billabaugh, she works with Vans now. She she ended up uh, uh, getting blessed with the with the uh, opportunity to design the, the footwear. And since I was the color design intern, I was the one that was able to apply the color and the story to it. So that's what I ended up doing. And that was my contribution, and, and you know that was our first shoe that we ever done. And uh, little lo and behold, it sold out um, instantly. So wow. it was all hype beast, and we got a bunch of coverage for it. So that was a great feeling, like right out the gate to have something that was that successful was amazing. So Definitely. again, that one year internship parlayed into um, an opening on the lifestyle team. Um, probably like with three months left in my internship, there was an opening. And um, I saw it on the website, so I applied and uh, uh, shout out to a few people within the in, within the company too. That kind of led me to say, you know, hey, there's an opening for it. I think you should apply for it if you really like, you know, being here. Definitely. And I love being at New Balance mainly because there's like a very family like um, environment to it. Um, so it's like it's like very uh embracing and they treat you like family so it's Definitely. like something that you i don't think you can get that every company a lot of companies i feel like are very competitive and it's a very doggy dog mindset but new balance is all about community and you know very very strong and their give back um in terms of charity work and stuff like that so it very much like i said feels like a family so i love being there i love the people and i was like how can i how can i stay here i want to stay here for as long as i can it's also a great place to learn you hear from everyone across the industry. They always talk about a lot of people started at New Balance. Um, and they talk about how easy it is to learn there because you get to touch so many different parts of the business. Definitely. Um, but also a lot of people come back to retire there as well. It's such it's just a great, easygoing environment. So I knew I loved it. It's a great place for me to start. And so I applied for that job um, as a, on the lifestyle team. And I ended up getting it. So um, that's kind of how it started. I was, I was doing uh, this thing called Speed Footwear design so i was doing uh designing for quick trends in the market so like like 327 for example yeah that's that exactly what i was in, thinking about in line but yeah. um there's like a lot of in line 327 executions but then it's like okay what 327 are we going to offer for the tier one consumer which is like the fashionista um we see this success happening now but we need to react quickly and get this product out to uh to that to that consumer now but also too is mainly <laughs> it was mainly me doing Foot Locker stuff, which that was like my main part of my job was doing Foot Locker um, products. So um, a lot of stuff with Kawhi and then Hoops Capsules. So if you look on my Instagram, you'll see like most of the work I've done um, in my highlights. You'll see 2020, 2019. <clears throat> you can see like basically the whole scope of everything that I've done within the last two years. It's a Man. lot. Man. It's hard to explain like on this. I'm going to get into all of it, but basically basketball, um, 
lifestyle uh, runners, um, some other classic basketball stuff, um, franchise. So I, I basically touched a lot of different parts of the business. And so that kind of led me to where I am now. Um, and and now I'm doing uh, product management for collaboration. So um, this job actually just opened um, recently. I was talking to Joe Grinan. You may know Joe. He, uh, yeah. He's the leader, basically, of the collaboration um, council. Yeah. And we were really close just at the office. You know, I kind of, sorry, <laughs> I kind of, um, you know, I, I, I love talking to people at work and I love just, you know, uh, shooting the shit basically with everyone and, yeah. and I love coming to work and, and engaging in those conversations so we became really close um, just through talking about collaborations and seeing the energy around the brand and I knew it was mostly stemming from that collab- our collaboration work and I knew people were seeing it in the market people that you know from Colorado you know we don't really wear any balance not really and I no. remember everyone <laughs> bro, it was all bands and Nike and Jordan yep. and so I remember girls like girls that are really in the shoes were sending me like the Joe Fresh good stuff I'm like yo do you know anything about this you yeah. obviously I can't give no period but it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like them noticing the brand on that level and yep. like yo this collaboration stuff is really making an impact because no one ever talked about New Balance growing up and yeah. this is like if y'all are talking about it, I know it's something serious. So exactly, I was like, uh, you know, basically just congratulating him and the team on all their work, and um, you know, we would we would go out for drinks and just kind of talk about certain stuff, where we see the brand going, and where I see the brand going, opportunities. And I think he really took a liking to that, and um, he was always trying to figure out a way to get me on the team because he thought, obviously, my cultural background, just to be frank, you know, um, you know, having more people of color on that team and working with our assets and make the assets feel more comfortable. Definitely. Um, seeing another face that looks like them. You know, most times in these boardrooms, a lot of white guys and suits. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to be yourself around that type of environment. And so having people like us um, really helped, uh, you know, my other friend, Kevin Trotman, who's on the team as well, another uh, another uh, African-American uh, product manager. Um, it just, you know, kind of helps loosen up those assets and, and keeps them comfortable. So, um, like I said, I just started this role about two weeks ago now at the time of the interview. And um, right now I'm in a moment of just learning, you know, I'm in a lot of meetings for shadowing and, um, you know, trying to trying to see how stuff works. But um, at the moment I'll be working on a lot of the Jaden product, uh, a lot of Tokyo Design Studio stuff. Wow. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yep. like Snow Peak stuff and that type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's exciting. So uh, I'm just, I'm just, I just... Can't wait to learn more and, and, and put my best foot forward. Travel a lot. Ready to go to Japan. <laughs> That'd be, that's incredible, man. That's incredible, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Man, there is so much to unpack. I know. I'm and what you I'm just said. So there is like so much. There is so... Man, it's it's incredible. I think your story is 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 fantastic. Have you have you ever told someone that story from beginning to end like that? I mean, that is that is um that is something Bro, special. Yeah. yeah, plenty of times, and it's funny because that's like my icebreaker on a date. <laughs> sometimes I get a second date, sometimes I don't. Like, it could be either or, but yeah, like somebody asks me, so how'd you get involved in? It's like, well, you know how much time you have? You got thirty minutes. Man, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I think that, you know, there's a couple things I want to highlight um, that I think are really valuable, right? In terms of either what your dad did and what you did. Uh, first and foremost, 
you know, the, the thing that screams to me when you tell that story is the passion that you really have, man. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels like you'll find a lot of fulfillment in working at New Balance. That's first and foremost. I think a lot of people, you know, live their life for other people's, you know, opinion of them. And, and you're not doing that, man. You definitely, you know, love what you do and you do it because, you know, it's something that you enjoy, not because someone else thinks it's cool, which is really, really awesome. Uh, I kind of got that exactly. from, from the start. And then, you know, something that also jumped out at me was your dad and his just ability to, to network um, and, 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 you know, kind of just getting you involved with that initial designer. I mean, that to me is, you know, with without him, you know, believing in that philosophy that, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. We didn't believe that, you know what I'm saying? That conversation mm-hmm. never happens. And, and all these things don't happen as well. And, and some people might call that luck. But, you know, in my opinion, I, I call that, you know, you know, he, he's initiating that, you know, that, that, that moment. You know what I mean? I think that's really, exactly. really, really important. And then obviously the, the entirety of the story is, you know, how, how you know, you failed and, and you kept going. But you had a great attitude. All these things, man, are, are just, you know, textbook when it comes to how to be successful in life, in life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what in and, and Bruce Lee, the Bruce Lee quote, um, you know, gave me chills to hopefully whoever's listening and gave them chills as well, because I think that's really, really important too, man. I, I really love, love that story. I want to ask you a couple more questions before we conclude the, the podcast, man, just kind of on a personal note. Uh, obviously pertaining to New Balance, uh, I kind of want to know, you know, what are your, um, you know, top New Balance drops from 2020, would you say? Oof, 2020 was a, man, what a year. Banger of a year. The, Banger of a year, for boy, sure. From the jump, it was like, it was insane. So, yeah. obviously, I think I got to, I got to give it up to Joe Fresh in February for All-Star. So, like, yeah, I really feel like we we ended up stealing All Star from yes. Jordan, and that to have a to have an All Star game in Chicago. Yep, that's you know, so that's true. A layup for them. That's really. so true. Like it's a layup. It's a layup you know, with like, nobody in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so like that was definitely I think uh, top three um, for sure. You know, Joe Joe is great to work with. Joe's so so genuine to himself. And that's another thing that, like, kind of perked my ears up when I saw the potential that we had and um, the stuff that's going on at the, at the brand. I knew so many girls that I, again, I always go back to girls. The girls are tastemakers for everything. We we do stuff for the ladies, and they lead in terms of what we listen to, what we like, and all this stuff. So Agreed. I remember a lot of girls would reach out, like, yo, Joe, y'all working with Joe Fresh, too, blah, blah. I'm like, and I was like, I knew a little bit about him, but I didn't know this. But I didn't know he had this big of an impact. Right, like, right, on same. The world. I was like, man, girls in Colorado were like, oh, Joe Fresh, Joe. I'm like, damn. So, same. You know, that's the great thing about Joe as well, Joe Grandin. Um, he really understands what, what, what it, what it takes to be authentic to the brand, and like, like picking the right collaborators to that makes sense with the brand. We don't just, we don't just pick anyone to work with because. Because it'll build us hype or whatever. Every brand we work with, and, and we, we feel it, it fits the brand ethos of New Balance. I think that's why we've seen so much success over the last year or two. Really, is because of how carefully he curates and picks our partners. And so, um, Joe Joe Freshka, this is another example of that. Definitely. Um, and then to me, I didn't. I don't even have these, and I still want a pair. I'm there. It'll never happen. I took. I mean, I, I try to get them when it happened when it when it dropped, but I have all. I have the poster 
I have I have the cookies. I have literally everything that went along with this drop. <laughs> clothes, sweatpants, but the ALD Army Leon Door V two nine ninety V two. Wow. To me, that is one of the prettiest shoes I've ever seen in my life. That's that, a beautiful shoe. That. Beautiful the shoe. Alone, the nine ninety V two is amazing. Man, um, but. Man, that shoe and the stuff Teddy does and his campaign, like that marketing campaign. They're incredible. Um, Life in the Balance with the dog and the dude and the Incredible, was, incredible. It was perfect. It's so New Balance too. It was just perfect. It was, it was, probably can't get better than that. And then to me, my third, and to me, this is like the best probably looking shoe to me. And I was, it's funny because if you ask Kevin and Joe, um, I would go to their desk every day, like as a, when I was on the design team. Cause their desk was like a, like kind of halfway throughout the office. I didn't sit right next to them, but I would go over there and just chop it up with them all the time. Mm-hmm. The first shoe I would pick up every time, and they would just laugh at me every time because it, they just knew what I was gonna go gravitate to. That's where they keep all the inline. Co- I mean, all the collabs that are coming up. Yeah, I could see all the stuff that's about to come out. So I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm just sneakerhead at that point. Every time I go to their desk, I'm like, oh, what are these? Oh, oh shoot! And they tell me stories and stuff. So, but to me, every time I went over that desk, bro, it was the green down. 992. Man. So the green gel 992, bro, that Man. is a perfect sneaker to me. Like, yeah. from head to toe. And obviously, the V3 before I was at the company, the, the 992 V3, the tan one. Incredible. Gorgeous, too. But this green 992, bro, it is everything to me. So, that's definitely my top three. That's my number one, personally. That's my number, number one. Number one is the so, jam pair. That Man, that's incredible. And I, I like the I, those. I like the, 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 the V2. And the nine ninety or nine nine two, the Jam pair, oh, beautiful shoes, beautiful shoes, man. Those are those are like I would say those are my, those got to be like for me like top sneakers of the year. And, and it's you know a lot of them are New Balance. If I had to make a top ten list, a lot of them would be New Balance. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think exactly. the the Casa Casablanca, those were those the three two sevens, man. Those are beautiful too. Man, um, shout out the West Side. Yeah, yeah. On the on the album, it's, it's probably the best song on the album. It's like, it's like, you know, when you do good work, people notice and they put you. We didn't pay him for that song. We didn't. Even, we just gave the pair, and he he loves it so much. He can make a song about him. And yeah. So it's just you know when you do good work, people start to notice and they fall in love with it. And it becomes part of the culture. Definitely, want, so. definitely, definitely. And I think the um the the two thousand or the two thousand two R the. I think it's pronounced Salehe Bimbury or whatever his name is. The, the yeah, designer, the yeah, designer of the year. Yep, that the, that pair also incredible in my opinion. I I just love it was just perfect for for October. Um, but, yeah, great, great pair. But man, yeah, I mean, if I think about it, I really New Balance is incredible, incredible year. And I think you you spoke to something kind of interesting that you know in your story. Most most kids, most people from Colorado don't really wear a lot of New Balance. Um, it's really vans and whatnot, but you know, it really has been bubbling up and, you know, it's really impacted. I feel like, you know, sneaker culture, you know, fashion culture in, in a very profound way. Right. And I, it's, it's, it's so dope to, to hear that you're a part of that, man. It's so cool. Um, the last question I want to ask you, bro, is, um, kind of more advice driven, uh, an advice driven question. Um, obviously your story is unique to you. But there might be someone listening to this podcast right now who is curious about, you know, how do they get in a position like Jordan Johnson? Is, is that a, is that a possibility? Right. And what advice could you give someone trying to enter into a role like yours at a company like New Balance? Uh, I think it's a good question. I get this question a lot. And um, 
especially being like a younger person, I think a lot of people were surprised that, you know, you're able to, I call this my dream. Every time someone asks me like how I'm doing, I'm like, you know, I'm living a dream and I mean it because like I'm literally, this is, this is what I dreamed about doing my whole life. Like, Obviously, besides football and basketball, <laughs> I did die <laughs> right. a long time ago. Uh, but in terms of like my actual professional career, this is the, I dreamed about creating footwear, and I'm literally living that dream. And to me, every the advice I give anyone is, what's the passion? That's that's got to be your first question. If you like shoes, like okay, I get it. Like maybe you like reselling shoes. Maybe you like buying shoes because you like the the response that you get when you wear a pair of hype shoes or maybe you like having something that other people don't have. Mm-hmm. And to me, if that's the case, I don't think you have a passion for footwear. I think you have a passion for starting on people or you have a passion for playing a stock market. That can be something like you like <laughs> right. the, the rush of selling and buying. Like you got to really understand what your actual passion, where your passion stems from. And to me, you got to take it from there. And so whatever that is, um, just make sure you identify it and and kind of, like I said, stem everything from that. So don't try to force something because you think this is the way you should go. And don't try to force something because you think that's the path you should take because it's what's going to make you money. Don't follow money either. And, like, that's one thing I have to say, too, is, like, your passion, if you follow your passion, the money will come. And yeah. I think you hear that from a lot of people all the time, especially, like, rappers or whatever. Because a lot of people like you can force rap. Like in my other career, I was a I was a forceful rapper. <laughs> I was a, I was good at it, and so I was like trying to make something of it because I knew I had talent, but there wasn't the passion for it. Right. And that, and I think you can hear it, and like you can hear it in the music, and you can you can see that type of thing in anything you do. Definitely. If someone has a passion for something, it's clear and obvious. Yeah. And 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 you and the and the and the the consumer falls in love with that. Because they can feel your passion, so yeah, man. Anyone that is, is trying to be, if you if you really love footwear, and like to me, it's never about hype. Or I fall in love with shoes because of the design. Yeah. So like, I like the actual product, and it doesn't matter what the name is. I almost like when stuff is stuff I've never heard before. I'm like, oh, that's dope. Look at the lines on that shoe. Like, yeah. I almost like it more when no one's heard of it because it's just something that I love. I love great design. So just find your passion. And follow it, and uh, good things will come from it. I promise. Definitely, and I, I love that answer, man. Um, Jordan, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast, bro. Uh, definitely, definitely someone I want to have on again because I feel like there's so many layers to uh, to your you, you to to New Balance, and just there's so many things I feel like I could ask. Um, but the podcast would be ten hours long. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, man, you know where can people find out more about you? If if you want to put your socials out there, if you want to connect with different kind of individuals, where can people do that at? Yeah, um, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at J Jordan J J O R D V N. So like the ASAP mob, just the V instead of the A. Yeah. <laughs> just makes it easier. I can own that name. So Jay Jordan, I work on everything. Sounds um, good. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to see, you know, my LinkedIn and stuff, everything on there. So um, just follow me on there. Inbox me if you have any questions. Um, I'm always here to mentor people, too, if they have any questions, because that's what you got to pay it back. That's what Dwayne did for me. Um, for sure. So, you know, if, if anyone has any questions about footwear or serious about it, go ahead and reach out. And I can definitely set up some calls, FaceTime. 
whatever you want to do on to get me advice. So love it, man. Uh, I'm always here if you need me. Take love it. Love it, love it, love it, bro. Like I said, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Um, you were like, you were a treat, bro, for real. Appreciate it, Drew. I'll be, be glad to come back. Every next time I bring my dad, he can come. <laughs> Man, that'd be awesome. You talk about the ad, that'd be crazy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gained some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.